Hey, everybody, before we start the show, I want to remind you that before you do anything, you should go to dopamine.life and sign up for our free Myers-Briggs audio tour. Once you sign up for that, you will start getting some emails that have podcast-style explanations of what Myers-Briggs is and sharing how it has been a game-changer for me. So go to dopamine.life and sign up for our free Myers-Briggs audio tour. Hey everybody, C-Note here and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like snow, a little bit better than cocaine. Today on the show, sorry, I'm sorry about that joke, that's not great. Um, Today on the show we're talking about normal. What is normal? What does that even mean to be normal? Like we reference that all the time. I just want to be normal. I just think I'm not normal. Is this normal? I'm not sure. I just want to be a normal person. Uh, what is that anyway? Uh, I think it's really important to break that down and talk about it because it's often the striving for normal that ends up making things worse. And if you're striving for something that's not uh, defined, that's even worse than worse, worse. So let's hit the button and do the thing. Let's go. Drums, all right friends welcome to the show welcome back to dopamine hope you're doing okay uh, I'm changing up the music a little bit. I love my, it, the song that I used to use all the time was Wasted Education. It's a pretty fantastic track, but today I just want to throw in some, some fun, I don't know, slightly different music. I think I need to find ways to keep this interesting for me. So I'm changing music and doing all that stuff. Um, hope you're doing okay. Hope you're enjoying the show. Uh, back in the day when I went to therapy, I would spend a lot of time learning about what is or isn't considered normal. And often I would tend to express while I was working through some of the challenges and neuroses that I was trying to explain to my therapist, I would often say to myself like, or say out loud rather that like, that's not normal or is this normal? Or, um, you know, I I know I'm not normal uh, or trying to be a normal person or trying to calibrate to like being normal. Like I would, I don't want to feel bipolar. I want to be normal. Um, And I, for a long time since that moment, my therapist would basically tell me like, there's no such thing as normal. Normal's not a thing. Like we keep saying that it is or thinking that it is or feeling that it is, but uh, there's really no such thing as normal when you really, really think about it. And I stand by that idea. I think that's completely true. And I think that's because we tend to take, well, we're bad mind readers for the first, first of all. So we're really bad at identifying what other people think of us and what other people think of themselves. And we have this ability to be aware of our own neuroses and all of our own crap. So we very much take all of that and apply it to a sense of normal or that we are not normal and then someone else doesn't have as much of this in their head. So therefore that's what normal must mean. For the most part, normal usually means not me. And uh, that's uh, a frustrating existence for anyone to feel that way. And not only that, but 
we tend to get pictures of what normal is based on movies, TV, expressions of society, uh, expressions of who the winning, you know, types of people in the world are and the stories that they're telling. And we get an image of what the quote unquote perfect life looks like or what a certain type of life looks like and what a normal person looks like, what a quote unquote normal person looks like. And we feel like we're supposed to strive for that. That's the way we're supposed to feel or look or be and or how our life needs to be looked at or perceived. And that can really mess with us. It really messes with us paired with that feeling of knowing your own neuroses. You, you just have this feeling of like, I will never be that. I can never be normal. I can never be uh, what society or that image of family or a wife or a husband or a brother or a partner. I could never be that. And truth is, yeah, you could never be that because that's not you. So that's probably the first thing we need to get out of the way (laughs) is that that's the main thought is like, yeah, of course, that's not you. That's not who you are. Your version of normal is not someone else's version of normal. So that's like kind of the first thing to think about. The second one is thinking about normal in relation to your own behavior, meaning what is normal for you, right? What is normal to me? What is, what do I consider to be normal behavior? You know, I can consider myself normally very physically active and fit. And if I'm not that, then I can beat myself up. And really sometimes normal is an excuse to, uh, to look at the things that we're inadequate in and beat ourselves up for that, which is, uh, harmful uh, for obvious reasons. But, uh, the challenge again comes from this idea that normal is something we strive towards. And often we don't even define exactly what normal is. It's not like we take a list of attributes or have a specific snapshot, snapshot of what normal is. If you've had that experience in your life, I want you to think about that. Like, do you know what normal looks like? Like, do you know how you would define that? Can you make a list of attributes? I'm not asking you to. I'm saying that like when you think about normal, if you've had situations in your life where you've asked yourself, am I normal? Is this normal? Like, am I, what am I feeling normal? Like, what is that reference point? Because normal, when you're saying that, is meant to be a reference point. You're trying to say, am I calibrated to what this is, to what I expect of myself or of what society expects of me? And the word normal can be sort of a form of intellectualizing an emotional state. Like you can almost say that I want to be at a certain emotional state or a certain place in life. But instead of accurately defining that, we just say normal, right? And keeping something vague makes it scary. It's the same thing as like looking in the, like a dark closet. You don't know what's in there. It's scary because you have no idea. Once you illuminate it, it's not as scary. So once you illuminate the idea of what normal is, it's not as scary anymore. You see what I mean by that? So it's like any other motion. You take the time to figure out what it exactly is. It's like when you're experiencing anxiety based on something that you can actually reveal the information for, uh, you know, a lot of the times anxiety other than when it's not clinical, uh, is generally based on a fear or not knowing and filling in the blanks with assumptions. And when we're just saying normal in an ethereal sense and not actually identifying what normal is, 
then we are striving for something that, as far as we know, doesn't exist. So we're always keeping ourselves below the line. We're always giving ourselves an easy reason to feel bad because normal is unattainable. And especially if you can't define what normal is, of course it's unattainable because it's undefinable. You need to find a way to define it. So in a sense, when you're trying to think about what is normal, it's about identifying what normal is. You know, I think we don't ask that question enough. I think there's just, we kind of get into that automated place of saying like, I just would rather be normal when there's just no sense of that. Now, the other side of that too, is that is what you're experiencing actually normal. And what I mean is that if you're experiencing something that's diagnosable, it's pretty normal because it's normal enough for doctors to have diagnosed it. So that's the simple reframe to think about there for the first, first part of this is that if you're experiencing bipolar disorder, cyclothymia, anything that can be listed in the DSM, essentially, that's normal. If you have a third arm coming out of your head and maybe two people in existence have experienced that, maybe that's not normal. And that's okay to acknowledge that because it's like looking at the reality of it and say like, okay, this is not a normal experience. How do I adapt to this? But for the most part, many of us are claiming that something is or hoping that something is or is not normal or hoping something's normal when it already is. We know that it's normal. We know that other people experience this. Now, I know it's a challenge when you're a kid. Like I, it took me a long time to realize what is or isn't normal around depression. I thought some form of depression was actually normal. And sometimes if you go in the other direction of assuming that what you're experiencing is everyone's experience, that you can almost like limit the understanding of your experience. What I mean is, uh, it really wasn't until like my late twenties where I heard someone for the first time say like, I've never felt depressed before. I don't know what that's like. And I'm like, what? That's crazy. <laughs> that's not normal. <laughs> uh, that's what I felt at the time. I felt like that was, that was normal for me. It was normal for people to express that they felt depressed before. And I think depression generally is like way more widespread than we give it credit for, but different kinds of depression. Like people get into like general unhappiness and, and frustrations, or maybe they're not able to utilize their cognitive functions, like the dominant functions of their mind as well as they could because of social situations or something. But in a lot of cases, uh, you know, you hear about clinical depression, but there are people who just get generally depressed or things that like happen based on like life experiences, you know, some form of depression I think is normal. And, uh, the idea of not ever having experienced depression is also, you know, fairly normal. Like it's supposed to be what you're, it's, it's what we claim is supposed to happen. <laughs> or at least that person has had opportunities in their lives to stave off depression, which is great. You know, doesn't mean that, um, they're different or weird. And it doesn't mean that we're different or weird. These are our own unique experiences. And I think that's, uh, that's really where it's at is like understanding that these are our experiences and therefore we need to give credence to that notion that these experiences are our experiences and we got to give love to those experiences and we hold space for ourselves because if we're constantly asking the question of ourselves that whether or not something is normal, 
then we're finding reasons to defeat ourselves when we really don't need that in our lives. All right, welcome back. Uh, hope you survived those 30 seconds. Um, so what I really want to get to with all of this is the idea that the understanding of normal or feeling like we're not normal or asking what normal is, like what, what is really the thing we're asking when we ask what is normal or we ask like, is what we're experiencing normal? Really what we're asking is, is what I'm experiencing something that other people experience. We're really asking about connection. We're not just asking people about whether or not I'm weird. We're asking more so if my experience robs me of social currency. Meaning if my experience of being a mental someone has a mental challenge or has a different lifestyle or someone who is just like off the quote unquote beaten path. Is that going to rob me of opportunities? Is that going to rob me of connection? Is that going to make life more difficult for me in a social way? I think a lot of us dealing with depression and other types of illnesses uh, and mental challenges or even, you know, lifestyle choices and like sexuality, race, things like that, understand that there are things that are naturally limiting based on the way that things have worked out. And much of us are trying to figure out how to define normal for ourselves or redefine normal so that we can fit into it. And a lot of that is because you know, as humans, we just want life to be easier for us. We absolutely do. And there's nothing wrong with wanting that. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it's about seeking connection, not necessarily about the world needing to conform to us or us to conform to the world, right? It's not about finding out what normal is so that we can be that or finding out what normal is uh, or what's normal for us so other people can adapt to us. It's about finding our people, finding other people who are experiencing this, who can share their experiences, maybe share things they've learned from this and how they've grown from this and how they've connected with other people as a result of this and started to start to find our own pockets of existence to share in this experience. You know, another way of thinking of it is like, who else shares this experience with me, right? There are things on the internet that often in typology and I'm sure with mental health spaces and, um, other uh, related things that there's always the, like the Reddit thread that says like, does anyone else D A E does anyone else experience this? Does anyone else do this? Uh, does anyone think of this? Has anyone thought of this? What is this experience? Is this a normal experience? Is this a me experience? Is this a INTP experience? Is this an ADHD experience? Is this like a straight person experience? Is this a monogamous person experience? Is this a gay person experience? Poly person experience? Uh, black person, white person, Native American, etc., etc. Like, what is normal to my experience? And I think that's important to ask the question of whether or not this is normal, because I think asking that question allows us to seek that connection we're trying to seek. 
And if we can reframe it to ask that question, like, you know, instead of asking, is this normal asking, is anyone else like me or where are my people? Then you can find better connections and people who are going to be more supportive and connective and nurturing and loving and be there for you in the ways that you need, right? Like if I'm an ADHD INTP, it's not going to help me to talk to an OCD ENFP who is experiencing completely different things than me. Maybe there's crossover. Yes. But if I need help specifically with an ADHD problem that requires empathy from an ADHD perspective, then I should be seeking out someone who has also experienced ADHD. She or he should be seeking out someone who's also experienced OCD, right? Or someone who's done extensive research or professionals or something like that. But something, something or someone that falls into that uh, circle, that idea, that, that, uh, that framework, and that you can kind of have that social currency within and have the ability to grow within. And that's really all we're looking for, I think, personally, when we're asking if something is normal. So I want you to think about that for yourself. When's the last time you've asked, is this normal? And what were you really asking when you asked that question? Is Was it in service of finding connection? Because I think most of the time it probably would be. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. We're humans. We're social creatures. And by inherently being human, everything we experience is normal. Unless you're completely synthetic. Like there's no way that your experience is not normal for what humans want. I think there's a base level of the human condition and human needs and and human ideals that we all want to feel secure and loved and connected and taken care of. You know, um, there are the three Enneagram subtypes, sexual, social, and self-preservation. I feel like those cover the basic instincts of human needs. And then we kind of build upon that. I think if what we're searching for is in service of those needs, then of course it's normal. You can always trace it back to those core ideas. That makes it normal, right? We're seeking some sort of love, respect, connection, uh, survival, support, a roof over our heads, someone to love, someone to connect with, someone that we know we can turn to for help and support. All of those things are normal to the human experience. And so as long as whatever you're doing is in support of those things, it is absolutely normal even if it's not socially normal. Those are two very different things. Human normal versus social normal is probably the biggest thing you should be thinking about in relation to this concept. Social normal is like wearing light af- wearing white after Labor Day. That's like, that's, that's arbitrary. That doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> uh, you're not going to get kicked out of a tribe for not wearing white after Labor Day. And your survival is not at stake for that sort of thing. But for you to find out, you know, who else has ADHD or is an INTP or has cyclothymia or experiences any of the other things that you experience to find those people could very well be a life or death thing to get support, to get love and connection, especially if you're dealing with suicidal tendencies and thoughts Finding a good therapist is important. Finding someone that you can connect to is important. Someone who specializes in something or maybe who has had something or someone in their family who's had something. 
someone who is connected to this idea. It doesn't need to be someone who is exactly in your spot because that's very rare. You're very rarely going to find someone who is exactly like you. There are 7.5 billion people in the world who are all very different. And acknowledging that everyone is different sort of washes away that thought that there is even such a thing as normal. So in a sense, there very much is a sense of normal in the normalcy of human needs. But in the sense of normal, uh, of human beings being exactly alike, that's just simply not true and not possible. There are just too many of us to go around and there's only one of you. And I understand that feeling like you're the only one is scary because you don't feel like you have support, but it's up to you to sort of break apart what those things you're experiencing are and find the people that are going to be supported support groups or support people for the different aspects of your existence of your personality. So you can sort of create your own council of people that are going to support you in the different ways that you need supporting. All right. Thanks for listening to the show. This was kind of a short one, but I appreciate you guys for being here. Uh, this is just all about the idea of being normal. It's cool to be normal, you know, and it's cool to be not normal. Just be yourself. Be who you are. That's the thing. That's the ticket. That's the rainbow. Uh, the golden ticket. The rainbow ticket. I don't know. Whatever. Um, I appreciate you guys for listening to this show. Thanks to family and friends for always supporting me and supporting this show. I want to thank Molly, my partner, for being a part of this. Always like helping me figure out which topics to talk about, how to break it down. My friends Joel and Antonia from Personality Hacker. I'm going to go see them this weekend. Uh, my friend Molly Owens, who is a uh, she's the founder of Truity Labs, and she's also a supporter on Patreon. So thank you for that. And if you want to support on Patreon and get a shout out on the show, uh, especially if you, web, if you have a website or something, like I can shout you out, no problem. Uh, so go to patreon.com slash dopamine and sign up there and provide some support for the show. You can also go to dopamine.life and check out the uh, free Myers-Briggs audio tour where you can learn all about Myers-Briggs personality typology and how that helped me to grow as a person and understand more people and have better empathy and understand normal. So uh, that's pretty much it. If you want to hit me up at Let's Go See on all the social channels, I do all sorts of like coaching and stuff too. Ask me questions. I'm available. I love you guys. Take care of yourselves and each other. And I'll catch you next time on Dopamine. See ya. This has been a C-Note Media.